millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Shabana Hearn and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Hello, how you doing? Welcome to Women's Football Weekly on Top Sport 2. United and City share the spoils and thrilling Manchester Derby, which was live here on Top Sport. Here come Manchester City. Jess Park driving goals. Oh, hits the crossbar. Comes out. Tucked in by Ellen White. It's 2-2. They have fought back. What a game. Also, Katie McCabe scores another stunner as Arsenal ease pass to Everton. Now Williamson crosses right of centre, headed away by George, comes out to McCabe! What an effort from McCabe! And it's gone over the goalkeeper and in! Another stunner in the WSL for Katie McCabe! And English women's football unites to stand in solidarity with players in the National Women's Super League. On Wednesday, NWSL players halted matches in their own display of unity. Today, it is the turn of WSL personnel to show their support. Good to be with you this evening. Coming up, we're going to be discussing the Ballon d'Or nominations, the first round of the Champions League group games, and hearing from Aston Villa goalkeeper Hannah Hampton in an exclusive interview with Talk Sports at Bradley Hayden. It's all coming up for you here tonight. This is a Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women, and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport too. Having a good one. I hope your weekend was absolutely brilliant. My name's Shaban. In for Fake Others. By the way, we've had a baby. Fake Others welcomed a baby boy last week. Just thought I'd share that lovely news with you. Uh, a wee boy called Ted, I believe, mum and baby, all doing really well. So that's really nice news for you this evening. Producer Flo Lloyd Hughes is here. Hi, Flo. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Shaban? I'm very well, thanks. I absolutely loved this weekend. I just felt like the. The tone has been set in the Women's Super League, whether you like women's football or not, even though it's just football. It feels like the the fans are starting to come through in the dribs and drabs. Now, it's just the, the feeling was right all weekend and there were so many upsets and great results as well. Here to talk through 
All the action from the Women's Super League over the weekend. Laura Bassett, former England, Birmingham and Arsenal defender. Hi, Laura, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being on because you've had a busy weekend. Not only have you been covered in the games, you were at the Derby in Manchester on Saturday, but you had your wee one with you as well. And I know that's chaos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. It is. Sometimes she's a blessing in disguise. She's a welcome distraction. But then other times I'm like, Oh, I haven't got enough toys to throw at her. <laughs> just enter- entertain yourself. <laughs> I know I know the feeling. Just wait until she's that wee bit older and then you can just give her a ball and let her go kick it about in the garden <laughs> until her heart's content, just like her mum. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> so you were um, you were in Manchester, on, of course, on Saturday at the Derby. Um, we're going to get into that very, very soon. We're going to start there soon and we'll hear, the, we'll hear the, the round-up in just a minute. But just quickly, Laura, what an attendance and what a spectacle that game was. Yeah, it really was. And I know it's a cliche, but it was it must have been for the neutral. It must Mm. have been absolutely fantastic. And the crowd, especially the last half an hour, was just it it felt like five, six, seven thousand in there. It really did. And because at least Sports Village, you're quite Mm. close to the pitch, you can see a lot. You know, that's what I like about a lot of these women's grounds. You feel like you can see and you can hear the players on the pitch. But when everyone's so electric, so in full voice, uh, you can't help but you you know your heart start to go especially if you're you know attached to the players or the people around it um yeah you can't help for the it can't help for the adrenaline rush to start get, to kick in i completely agree with you and i felt this weekend just seemed like everyone kind of coming together i was at uh, Bodham wood for arsenal everton and uh, supporting one of my um, my sister-in-law plays there and uh, actually just being there with my kids and being so close to the players there was a couple of americans near me as well and i i knew they were there for tobin heath and it just just felt like such an intimate, lovely atmosphere with them, you know, being so, you know, national for everyone to see as well uh, on the telly. It's just brilliant. It was a really good weekend. We had two live games on TalkSport Network over the weekend as well. So let's hear how it all sounded. Finds Leah Golden, who's caught late on that far side by Stanway. Yeah, it's a red card. Good ball into the area. Shaw, they scored! Khadija Shaw! They might be down a player, but they're up by a goal to nil. Short corner from United, drilled into the near post. It's turned in for Lucy Stanifan for her first Manchester United goal. So Russo, ball gets stuck under her feet. She gets the drive away. It's 2-1 United. Russo has turned it around. Here come Manchester City. Jess Park driving goals. Oh, hits the crossbar. Comes out, tucked in by Alan White. It's 2-2. They have fought back. And that is it. The Manchester derby ends all square. And so that run of successive defeats is at least ended by Gareth Taylor and Manchester City. Terrific game in the WSL. Really enjoyable. And the points are shared at least Sports Village. I just think the character, I think this could be the springboard for Manchester City to maybe string some results together, get players back. But they needed to really dig deep today, so they'll, they'll be pleased. Manchester United... You know, they'll probably be really, really disappointed that they didn't take ad- advantage of having having that extra player for as long as they did. Now Williamson crosses right of centre, headed away by George, comes out to McCabe! What an effort from McCabe! And it's gone over the goalkeeper and in! There seems an inevitability almost about Arsenal getting a second goal the way the game is being played at the moment. Cabe swings it in, that's a great delivery. Woman boy has headed it under the goalkeeper and in! And it's 2-0 to Arsenal! darts away from Christensen like she's not there. Opens up for Marnham! What a goal from Frieda Marnham! A vicious strike 
from 25 yards to round off yet another dominant Arsenal display. Wow, that one nearly had me up off my seat. And once more, Arsenal sending a message to the title challengers that they are top of the league and they think they are here to stay. It has finished on Talk Sports, Arsenal 3, Everton 0. What a weekend. Sounds massive, doesn't it? Let's start in Manchester. Laura Bassett is with me this evening on Women's Football Weekly. Laura, quite a derby. Finished to all. Manchester United 2, Manchester City 2. Um, and we'll get into the details in a second. But firstly, it felt like a game that Gareth Taylor just should not have lost. Yeah, I think so. And I think that would have been the message to a lot of, a lot of the players. And also, I think form, I know... It, Again, going into a derby, form kind of takes a little sidetrack. Although you've been on a journey to get to the derby, you know, it's also when you're a player, it doesn't really matter what the manager says. You know what it means to you, your ego, your footballing fans, the fans that you see in the crowd week in, week out. Family members would have been talking about it. So it means even more than maybe the messaging from the manager, if that makes sense. Mm. So I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure it would have been a must not lose. And it would have been, look, we need some good performance indicators to show that we are resilient and we're trying to get ourselves out of this run of form. Of course. And I mean, it wasn't a loss. They took a point from the game, all well there. Um, and it ended their three um, losses in a row. Um, so we will take the positives from that. And the fact that maybe Manchester United could have capitalised the fact that City went down to 10 men in 35 minutes. Why didn't that happen? Yeah, it's really interesting. I was listening to interviews over the weekend from all of the managers and Hope Powell even said it because there was a sending off in that game that, you know, you automatically think, you know, 10 players, right, that's it. It's game, you know, you're going to win the game and it's easy. But actually, it, it, it's really not. I understand that, you know, with Man City losing a player so early on in the first half, yeah, that's a good point and there's a lot of football to be played. But, mm. you know, having been on both sides, you know, losing a player or being the team with, with the overload... Um, it is hard because, you know, look, these Man City, they're still top internationals. They know how to see a game out. They know how to defend in a block and be resolute in in their job. And actually with Janine Becky fitting so well in at right back when Georgia Samway got sent off, she's accustomed to that role now, isn't she? So she executed it really well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, down to 10 men in 35 minutes and then City went ahead uh, to 1-0, which was quite unusual. I thought United would have taken that first goal. Um with Manchester United under Mark Skinner now, how do you see the form of that club going moving forward? Because for me, it's looking really positive at the moment. There's so many key players in that squad and they're really starting to link up nicely. Yeah, I think when you look at um, Man Manchester United, you probably have to compare them, what are they, three, four years into their growth, into yeah. their existence. And you probably have to compare them to maybe a Man City, a Chelsea, three, four years into their project. But I think they're slightly advanced of that because obviously women's football has accelerated so quickly with the rapid growth. Mm -hmm. But in terms of maybe um, the depth of the squad, um, I think that's maybe where, well, did they lose the game? Not lose the game, but could they have capitalised even more if, for example, you look at Man City, they're able to take Bunny Shaw off and, and bring in Ellen White, the Ballon d'Or nominee. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't, you look at Man Manchester United, they haven't got that yet. Um, you know, is that probably something they're looking to improve in the next few years? Then, yes, I would I would think they have to. Because, like, for example, losing Martha Thomas wasn't available in the squad. That could have been a key attribute for them, to, you know, maybe to freshen things up. 
um, during that game. Mm. Manchester United, do you think they'll be aiming for that top four club? You know, they want to be seen as the top four. Um, is the investment there, is the back in there fully from the club? Yeah, I think so. I think um, it has to be, doesn't it? I think, but I think also with that, it's a very, it's a, you have to appreciate their steps to follow and you don't want to grow too soon, throw every, throw money at it and throw everything and, and it doesn't quite work either. It has to be organically. Mm-hmm. I've obviously knowing Mark, my partner, well, um, he, 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 um, you know, he enjoys a project and because you can't just, like I say, throw money at it and expect it to work, expect it to, you know, be successful. Our league's so competitive now that you need more than that. But, but what I do like, enjoy watching Manchester United because of the young talent that there is there. You forget how young these players are with so much experience in the league. You know, you can't, for example, you know, Ella Toon, who's a Man United fan, um, been with United all the way through their journey and how she's excelling this season. I think I think there was a stat I saw on Twitter. You know, she's been involved in every single game, in either assisting or scoring herself. Yeah. You know, that is, and from an England Lioness point of view, heading in looking further to the home euros next year you know what a what a club to be at to to keep giving her someone like her an opportunity to play week in week out rather than maybe being at another club where you, your limits are going to be mini, uh, limited or um, have to wait for your chance a little bit longer. Also, uh, Laura, let's touch on Manchester City and their squad as well. Now sitting ninth in the table, where they've been now for, for two weeks. Uh, like we said, it's a, it's a game that Gareth Taylor should have won. Going down to 10 men didn't help. And of course, there's the injury crisis there at the moment. Um, but I would like to get your opinion on you know the strong players, young players that he's got on his side. For example, Ruby Mace. We had Jill Scott as centre-back for Manchester City which was unusual to see. Why would she not be in the midfield? Why would you not bring in one of these young players who we know has form in the Women's Super League and give them a chance? Yeah, it was really interesting, actually, because I noticed the week before when they played West Ham, Hmm. Ruby Mace and Alana Kennedy wasn't in the squad. So I don't know whether they've been recovering from injuries or obviously you're not privy to inside information. So I wondered whether that was an injury thing, you know, not being involved in the squad the week before. And then with it being such a huge game, huge derby, and obviously seeing Jill Scott perform there a few games, um, maybe that's... But obviously, I'm a, I, I, I'm a big fan of Ruby Mays, having seen her perform last year at Birmingham. I thought that that was a great loan move for her. Um, you, you could see her growth and maturity through being on loan at a club like Birmingham. She had such responsibility on her shoulders. And we haven't really seen that yet, have we, this season? Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch that pan out. Like I say, I haven't got no answers. I don't know, you know, obviously Jill's been performing there um, and he's very reliable. You know, I know she's not a centre-back, but at the same time, you need, when you're going through tough moments, you need your leaders and your players that can handle the pressure and the anxiety and the tough moments. And that's what Jill Scott can. You need your, your leaders and, and those people that can carry you through the dark moments mm. on the pitch to make decisions. Mm. Flo, Flo, what's your thoughts on this? I was just going to jump in because I was covering the game from home and actually someone did ask uh, Gareth Taylor on the post-match Zoom about why Ruby Mace wasn't playing. You have a naturally you know, centre-back there and mm. you're putting a centre midfielder in that role. And he essentially said he just thinks it's too early still in her development. 
and she's not ready, which which really surprised me because obviously Jill is playing out of position. She's doing really well, yeah. but she is playing out of position. And I don't understand why um, Ruby Mace hasn't been given a go, especially midweek, that game against Leicester, which was a really comfortable win in the FA Cup for City. That felt like maybe a perfect opportunity to blood her and they perhaps missed that a little yeah. bit. The bit of a reluctance to want to, to seem to get Ruby Mace in there and you talk about her at Birmingham last season. She saved the day. You know, she saved Birmingham mm. from relegation. So, you know, I think I think she deserves that opportunity. Uh, before we hear from the managers, Laura, just quickly, is Gareth Taylor's job at risk? No, I don't think at the minute. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think that if if there hadn't been so many injuries, then mm. yes, but I, 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 don't, I don't get that sense, to be honest. Okay. Um, so from the Derby at the weekend, BBC One uh, showed the game of the Manchester Derby and attracted a peak audience of 1.1 million, a new Women's Super League record, plus an additional 114,000 live streams across BBC Online as well. Uh, really exciting to see that. And that number only seems to be growing, uh, which is brilliant. Let's hear from the coaches now. City head coach Gareth Taylor told TalkSport that the result showed the character his side has. I think it says everything, you know. I mean, I've never questioned their desire and their determination. Our results haven't been great, but, you know, when we take real perspective on it and we assess the stats, and I know stats don't win your games, but we're really close. You know, we've created a lot of chances. In some of the games, we've we've created uh, enough chances to win five games. And, you know, even in a game where I didn't think we were that effective in the final third in terms of chances against Arsenal, we still had 16 shots to their 16. We dominated possession and we lose 5-0. I think it was a, you know, even in that performance, you look at there's some, there's some positives there. It doesn't feel like it, but, you know, there are some positives. But today was all about character. I think today was really about character from the girls and, and fair play. They, we got there in the end. Yeah, they did. They got the job done. They took the point from the game. And Manchester United head coach Mark Skinner was proud of his side, despite the fact they didn't come away with all three points. No, when we put ourselves in a position to be in front, we have to continue that momentum. There was, if you watch the goal back, which we definitely will, because we do everything like that, we'll be disappointed that we didn't destroy that counter-attack early to allow it to get the shot off. But the thing I can be very, very pleased with was the attitude and commitment of the players. To go one down, yes, they're playing against 10 players, but you have to find a different way to beat them. And second half, we did that. We tried to come out and we, we tried to be more progressive with the ball a bit quicker. And the biggest thing for us is taking the psychological challenges on. We have to keep pushing our boundaries of psychology here. And we did that. We got back into the game and then now that knock, we're just going to manage those moments better. Mark Skinner from Manchester United there. Laura, I need to speak to you soon about your, your husband because he strikes me as quite a philosophical, psychological man when I hear him in his press conferences <laughs> looking forward to the game. I, love it. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. My name's Shabana Hare and I hope you're having a good one. Alongside me tonight, former England defender Laura Bassett is here. Also, Flo Lloyd Hughes, our producer of the show as well. And coming up, we're going to be chatting about Arsenal Everton and wrapping up the rest of the Women's Super League from the weekend. Women's Football Weekly with Shabana Hearn. She's around the goalkeeper and has rolled it in. On TalkSport 2.
How are you? Hope you've had a good weekend. It's Monday evening. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. Hope you're having a good one. My name's Shabana Hearn. In for Fake and Others, Laura Bassett is alongside me tonight. And uh, by the way, good news, we've had a baby. Fake and Others welcomed a baby boy last week. His name is Ted. Mum and son both doing well. Congratulations to our Faye. And don't forget, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available for you on the TalkSport app. Download that today. Just swipe left and you will see us there. Now let's look back to the... Now let's look back to the weekend's action in the Women's Super League. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 plus stream via internet. Terms apply. And Laura Bassett is with me this evening. And Laura, I was at the Arsenal-Everton game uh, there at Bodham Wood in the sunshine. It was a very low sun. It felt like a beautiful autumnal day. There was a nice spring in everyone's step. Right, he was in the crowd. It was just a lovely day to be an Arsenal fan. And it all ended 3-0 against Everton. Um, And despite the score, Everton, Laura, they they did play well. They were really in, in a nice... And a nice state of play despite finding the back of the net. Yeah, I think so. And it was interesting that we saw a few weeks ago against Birmingham that that was when they went from the back three to the back five. And it was interesting again to that they've been preparing all week to you know turn up to Boreham Wood with a different pose and a different problem. You know, a, a very tight diamond in midfield that could have been because of the injuries that they had. I really felt they missed Claire Emsley. Mm-hmm. I know they lost. Um, Sorensen to an ACL a couple of weeks ago so they haven't really got those natural wide players that can get up and down and get crosses in and carry the ball in those areas and I think I do th- you know maybe he's looking at his players available um, and trying to fit them into a formation as well as trying to pose Arsenal a different problem you know who only Arsenal only had a couple of days to prepare for the Everton game whereas Everton had the advantage so but I, but I do agree I think Everton showed a little bit more resilience compared to when they played um, the other two top teams. Mm. But I was still disappointed in that final third that, you know, there wasn't enough shots on, on goal. Zinsberger didn't really have enough to do. Um, and, you know, it is, I find it disappointing watching them that, you know, they still haven't scored against Man City, Chelsea or Arsenal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a problem. Mm. Do you think uh, Willie Kirk's going to have to rectify that soon to justify his transfer window? Um, I th- I think so. I think um, it was interesting in his post match interview that we got a little bit of gossip. <gasps> I yeah. loved it. Oh, well, that was <laughs> I felt like it was an episode of EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, I need to know more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Just just to point was, out what Laura's uh, talking sorry, about yeah. there. Yeah, no. Everton manager Willie Kirk in his uh, post match press conference uh, was talking about Frida Manum for Arsenal. Her wonder goal, the third goal of the game, was just stunning. You've probably seen it. Trend. But in his post-match press conference, um, the presenter asked him, you know, about that goal. Can he appreciate the beauty of a goal like that? And he went, yeah, I thought I'd signed her in the summer. Like proper Scottish. You can tell he's raging. He's an angry man. And he's like, I I thought it was 100% deal done. And then it all just went away. And I was like, oh, all right. Where's this all coming from? But just, I mean, it's interesting to to know in public, you know, from the women's game. We see it all the time in the men's game. But who wants who and where they end up going and what that means to a manager? 
yeah that's true you don't like you say you don't we're not really privy to that information are we you know mm. you normally a few agents might have a few whispers trying or they might go to another club to try and get their player more money you know we know all those kind of tactics go on but like you say to we very rarely hear it coming from a manager and I think he said twice I think he thought he'd signed us so yeah. that was really interesting so that must have uh you can tell that was what when Marlon scored that well spectacular goal you can tell that was what was going through his head <laughs> yeah yeah she should have been mine he should have been one of the other expensive players I had yeah. in my budget <laughs> it was interesting because I think him seeing that had us all going all right okay like you say a bit of gossip here but it also made me think right that was a, a clear dig at somebody he wasn't pleased that he didn't get her and then you know she came back to bite him um but yeah really interesting to see and and that goal from Frieda Manham was absolutely stunning wasn't it it was like a rocket and it just kept going it, I mean she's such an exciting talent isn't she so mm. what is she 22 and mm. she was she's got the goal against Barcelona in the week and and then turned up again today and you can just see she's a real core although she's so young she's a real core of um what Jonas Edeval is trying to create there he sees her as a big part you know she's got a lot of competition in that midfield mm. Uh, but because she's, you know, game intelligent, very versatile and she understands the game and her positioning and she can produce moments like that. She, play, you know, she plays like she's a 30 year old and that she's been at Arsenal all her life. You know, mm. it's, it's it's so pleasing to see and she's so comfortable already. Uh, somebody who I really enjoyed watching actually at the weekend, just being there and seeing her in the flesh, uh, was Tobin Heath, of course, US World Cup winner. And just being able to see how quick she is and how tidy she is. Uh, and again, just... She's got that really nice kind of ticky-tacky football and her and Katie McCabe on the left linked up really nicely, seeing that partnership together for the first time at the weekend. Yeah, it was really good to watch, wasn't it? And like you say, because Everton was so narrow, I feel like they had... You, you don't want to give Katie McCabe and Tobin Heath time anyway, mm. let alone give them even more time and space to deliver the balls and to you know let them enjoy themselves even more. But you're right, Tobin Heath, I think that... You know, she's such a good carrier with the ball. And being a, an ex-defender, I think, watching Tobin Heath, she touches the ball so many times that as a defender, you can't plant your feet to tackle. So, but because she's always moving the ball and touching, it does it makes you as a defender think, I don't want to commit here because she's just going to skip round me. So that's really intelligent because I just don't think we have many players like her um, in the league. Um, you know, maybe like a Lauren Hemp does it differently. She touches the ball so quick, but she accelerates past you, you know, where Tobin Heath is continually watching a defender's shoulders, hips, you know, you, where you plant your feet so that she can go the opposite way and exploit you. Yeah. So she's very, very, very clever. Yeah, definitely. Like, fired about it as well when she's going for it. I can't believe how fast she was. I mean, I know I shouldn't say that because I watch it on the telly, but she looked really, <laughs> really quick as well going past me at the weekend. Uh, also, she linked up with Katie McCabe, who got the first goal of the game. Another wonder goal, her second in two weeks. Here's what she had to say about it to talk sport too. Yeah, we've obviously, we've had, a, I've got a bit of stick off the girls at training because of my celebration, so that bad. Um, but yeah, look, obviously I'm I'm happy when they go in and obviously in the manner they have done in the last uh, two games in the league, it's been it's been nice. Um, but yeah, ultimately I'll, I'll leave the, the scoring up to the girls higher up the park.
<laughs> I'd like to see actually what it'd be like if she just honestly said what she felt. Yeah, that was an absolute belter. I absolutely nailed it. I would like to hear that um, if she's going to continue with these wonder goals. Let's go to Chelsea against Leicester City. Laura, this was interesting because it took Chelsea until the 85th minute and Ballon d'Or nominee Pernella Harder to come on and save the day to make it 1-0. They struggled to break Leicester down and to find the back of the net for quite some time. Yeah, they did. Um, you know, and I think, you know, because Arsenal and Chelsea are playing every three to four days up until Christmas, you know, their schedule and calendar is absolutely rammed. Mm. So, you know, and I think Emma Hayes alluded to it, they are only human. Um, and I feel like as a manager in this situation, you have to rotate because there's so many games coming thick and fast and with it's like injuries and niggles and game plans and there's so many, much that goes into a team selection so you have to change the team but with that you can train all you like you can do 11 11 11 11s in training but actually producing it on a Sunday or on a match day when it matters looks and feels totally different the connections might not be there or the communication or the press or you know the understanding's not there because maybe those that selection that 11 players haven't played together um, and that's not excuses. I just think that the longer it went on, I, you know, at one, I was watching the game. I thought, oh, unless they're going to do that, because it just felt like mm. Leicester were becoming more buoyant and they defended like there was some, uh, you know, I was really impressed with McManus and Plumtree and Molly Pike, I thought in midfield, got through so much hard work. O'Brien before she went off, you know, they, I think, delivered a level of performance that they haven't so far this season. Mm. Um, but you're right. That's what you pay for. And another Ballon d'Or player, you know, come on on and and along with many others that just that's what you pay for. That's the edge and that's what they know they have. And you're right about that, Laura. Um, Emma Hayes had said, I know everybody wants champagne football all of the time, but a lot of games and quick accumulation, quick turnaround, I thought it was a tired performance from us. And it was, but they got the win. It was our 100th WSL win, um, which she nearly never got at the hands of Leicester, which would have been great for Leicester to take a point from that game because they're struggling uh, to find their feet. But another positive we can take from um, Leicester was the goalkeeper, Lavelle. I think it was something like, 27 shots and she must have hit off I think 16 of them or something like that she was really good at the weekend yeah absolutely fabulous and I think you could see her grow like her actual body language Mm, and her shoulders and her chest you know you could just see her grow into the game and I think that spread throughout the Leicester team in terms of they look you know they probably that was probably the last game they wanted to travel to King's Meadow in front of a you know full crowd and play you know all these top top international players but all credit to them because that's a, a big psychological challenge that maybe that they've overcome. But Lavelle, she was fantastic. Um, and I think when you know you have a keeper in form making those types of saves, um, that, that spreads throughout your team and that's a, a solid foundation. But I think all credit to Jonathan Morgan. I think he'll be saying to his team now, look, you, you've given me that performance today. You've set your own standard. You've delivered that. Not me, not the staff. You've delivered that. Mm. You have to deliver that every week now. You can hold them a little bit more accountable. You can't make that a one-off. So I think although they did end up losing 2-0, um, there's so many positives which they can go and analyse and have in their meetings um, and especially some top, top individual performance that now it's up to them, those players, to deliver that 
more often. I think after that performance against Chelsea, it's, you're right, it's up to Leicester now to go on and, and make that statement in the remainder of their games and try and find themselves, climb their way up the table because, uh, you know, they've got some really talented players in that team and if they get the service, you know, up front, Tash Flint can be dangerous, Paige Bailey Dale, uh, Gale could be dangerous as well, so it'd be good to see them start to find the back of the net and Leicester start to, to you know, show some positives uh, in their goal scoring as well. That was a look back at last weekend's Women's Super League action with now and don't forget with a now sports membership you can stream the women's super league live on sky sports without a contract women's football weekly preview on talk sport 2 with a now sports membership stream weekly weekend matches from the women's super league live without a contract from just 9.99 search now sports 18 plus stream via internet terms apply this is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I hope you're having a good one. My name's Shibana Hearn. Laura Bassett alongside me tonight. And coming up next, we're going to talk Ballon d'Or nominations and Champions League. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello there. Hope you're having a good Monday. Hope you had a brilliant weekend as well. This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. How are you? My name's Shibana Hearn and alongside me this evening, former England, Arsenal and Birmingham City defender, Laura Bassett. Hi, Laura. Hey, how are you? Very well, thank you. So let's focus on some of the results from the weekend, shall we? Reading 3, Aston Villa nil. Uh, this was the exact opposite of what Carla Ward could have hoped for from this game because it felt like they really should have at least come away with a draw but great to see Reading get their first win. Yeah, exactly. I think Reading, Reading needed that probably more than Aston Villa yeah. um, in terms of their team spirit, in terms of the, some of the performances they're putting in and their moments. Um, and also they have the attacking talent with Natasha Dowie, yeah. with Dianne Rose, we've seen with Eichland, you know, who's got WSL experience now. You can just see something wasn't quite clicking. Um, but I feel like the first half that they had 
um, and, and the goals that the quality of goals that they scored, um, you know, prove that if you can take your moments, take your chances, then, you know, you will get those points on the board. Yeah, I mean, we knew last season they had that kind of mid-table season, didn't they? Just below mid-table. And then it felt like coming back, um, you know, this season, there was something Kelly Chambers just wasn't getting right, but we knew it was there. We knew that she had that squad. So it was good to see that squad in action this weekend. Uh, I spoke to uh, Aston Villa manager Carla Ward actually earlier on today um, about the possibility of her speaking about uh, her result from the weekend, which she wasn't too enthusiastic about, shall we say. Uh, and we're going to hear from her goalkeeper, Hannah Hampton, later. We've got an exclusive interview with her. Uh, Brighton to Spurs 1. So Spurs' 100% record ended at the weekend as well, Laura. Yeah, I was really surprised by this, actually. Um, I, if you would have asked me before, I, th- I thought it would have been a draw between two th- these two teams. I think there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of their, I think they've recruited both both of these sides recruited really well in the top areas in the the attacking sense. Um, but I just thought it was interesting that Brighton had enough maybe the, the game management and the intelligence of some of their players to get see them over line. Um, because yeah, I, I certainly feel that Brighton the way they go forward. Interesting, Emily Simpkins and Aileen Whelan that have been playing in the centre midfield areas. Um, and they're so attack minded. Mm. So it's actually, you know, they, when they go forward, it's with intent. It's with, um, and I think we thought we saw that against Chelsea, didn't we as well? Um, but they have a lot of ideas, a lot of free flowing moves. Um, so it, it was interesting that these two teams, um, because I think there's a lot of similarities between them. Yeah, they, yeah, they do strike me as quite a similar uh, team. Let's look at West Ham, Birmingham. That ended one all, and Birmingham managed to get their first point of the season as well. Is that encouraging for you, considering you used to play there, Laura, or do you think that they've got a, a huge project on their hands this season? Both, to be honest. I'm, I'm really pleased. I think they've deserved some of the performances and individual performances that they've put on um, in their previous games. I thought they've been unlucky. And I, I do still think there's a huge uphill climb yeah. to, to do. But I also hope that they still keep chipping away because and hope that you know it encourages the club to maybe put some funds or loan moves available in the January transfer window to maybe bump up the squad. Hopefully they get players like Christy Murray back and uh, Lily Simpkins, you know, to really bolster the squad. Um, but hopefully maybe they get a couple of more points along the way to encourage the club to do that. Yeah, I mean, you're right. They are without Christy Murray, who was their captain last season, a really experienced Scottish international. Um, and who they have, you know, recruited in the summer from the likes of Louise Quinn, the Irish international, uh, who had a really... She was player of the match last week against Manchester United. Uh, that ended 2-0. But, you know, as a defender, it felt like she was just fighting for her life. You know, she's there to represent that club. She got the goal at the weekend against West Ham. Um, they they do have some really great players there, but the, you know the squad is just it, it needs more. It needs a lot more investment. It seems. Yeah, that's right. I think you know you look at the WSL experience; they're really lacking in players that have had the experience, and it just takes time. Even with international, you know, foreign players, it takes time to get used to this league and everything away from the pitch. So, so I just hope that. Um, like I said, maybe they can get some loan moves and, and with some players that maybe aren't playing at other clubs, like we saw last year happen. Like you said, we were talking about Ruby, Ruby Mace earlier, weren't we? Arsenal, yeah, and, and I know that they had Rachel Corsi with yeah. the um, 
you know, that that situation. So I hope that maybe they can do that and start to recruit and be a little bit more savvy and, and push on to new levels. But like you say, Louise Quinn's been fantastic. Having played with her briefly at Notts County, mm. um, yeah, everything everything you, you see on the pitch is exactly her personality. She gives you 100%. Um, and she won't ever falter from that. Yeah, and I mean, leaving Arsenal as well, I feel that, I don't know, when you look at Arsenal's back line, I think they're missing Louise Quinn. You know, I do I do think she was such a strong um, player for Arsenal. And now to see her at the at a club at the bottom end of the WSL, you know, a, a year on from after um, she, well, she came back from Italy, wasn't it, in the summer? Um, you know, it's interesting to see just the difference, you know, from the top of the league to the bottom of the league. But I do think that ultimately does come down to the investment in the back end from the club. And I don't think that's there at Birmingham. Well, we know that that's not there at Birmingham. And it's almost a little bit unfair to some of those players. Yeah, that's right. And I think that um, they're going in the right directions, aren't they? I think think what happened was that maybe poor uh, manager recruitment, maybe when Mark Skinner left, you know, Marta Tejador, was that the right move? And I just think that, you know, with with so many players being unhappy and leaving there, mm. the transition and the time to rebuild has took too long. And I think we're forever chasing now. Um, and I just think that, you know, it sounds like the players are trained at the training ground. They're playing at St Andrews for the so there's a, a for the very first time. There's a few big big ticks, you know, that are going in the boxes now. But has it took the club? You know, has it been too reactive? Has it took too too long to rebuild? Hopefully mm. not. Um, I always get asked this question, who's going to go down? And I hate to say it, but unless the, you know, I do say Birmingham and, it, and it's in my heart. I play for the club for a very long time and I hate saying it, but, and that's why I'm really hopeful in the January window with loan moves or with a little bit more of recruitment or being savvy that, that can change that change that fortune around. Yeah, I mean, they have to save themselves from that, Laura, because you've played there. The likes of Ellen White have played there. Rachel Yankee. You look at the players that have come from Birmingham um, and it feels a shame to see them in this uh, position. Let's move on to the Ballon d'Or nominations, shall we? This was quite an interesting uh, read. So 20 nominees, about a gazillion of them from Barcelona. Doesn't surprise (laughs) me because watching them in Champions League last week was just like watching... Oh, just a, a club from another world. <laughs> the best the best women's football play I've ever seen in my life. Do you agree? Yeah, totally. And and I think I agree with you, Yona. You have to see and experience and play against, but and I I never, but you have to yeah. maybe play against it to really even realise how good they are. Like, mm. you know, maybe maybe it was for when we used to play Arsenal, you used to think there was 12, 13, 14 players on the pitch because they just pass and move the ball so quickly I just yeah they're from I think you've explained it well they're from a, a different world a different dimension than what we are <laughs> and it's funny Laura because we see and I think we're right to say that the Women's Super League is the best league probably of women's football um, and then you know you look at Barcelona and they are the best team you know so it's how, how does the Women's Super League players just go up and compete against them we're going to talk Champions League very very soon um, some of the names uh, especially playing in the Women's Super League up for the Ballon d'Or nomination Magdalena Eriksson from Chelsea Sam Kerr Chelsea Pernilla Harda Chelsea Vivian Amidema Arsenal Leica Martins actually Barcelona I'm not surprised she's in there Jessie Fleming Chelsea I was a Bit surprised by that one. I, I didn't, of course, then, of course, from Canada um, at the Olympics, but I was surprised by that one. Ellen White from Manchester City. This one made my day because I feel that she's a player 
with so much experience, has covered so much of the ground in the Women's Super League and on international duty. For example, 43 goals in 97 games for England. Very successful in Team GB just in the summer, six goals in eight games. Um, Looking at Fran Kirby as well, 75 goals and 101 appearances in the WSL. Rightful for her to be nominated. Um, Pernella Harder, the most expensive woman in women's football ever. Um, When she was at Wolfsburg, 38 goals and 33 games. Um, anybody who you think should have been nominated in there that hadn't been mentioned, Laura? Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a really impressive list. Maybe probably only one was Caroline Graham Hansen. Yeah. I thought she's been really impressive um, and uh, I think she, she she did tweet as well and, and just to calm the fans down and calm the women's football community down that she's okay and she's just going to carry on winning things for Barcelona and that's going to be her reply um, because we have spoken about maybe players without the, the media profile or branding you know maybe getting overlooked so I'm not too sure but yeah I would have liked her to be in introduced um, but yeah I think it's a, a pretty solid list yeah and, uh, really interesting to see who wins and uh, I managed to actually speak to Viviana Miedema earlier on today to find out who she was feeling after receiving yet more global recognition it's obviously nice to be listed among um, some of the great players in the women's game right now um, I think it just reflects on, on having had a good year with the national team and with Arsenal and I mean proud to be there but as I've said before, like always, I play football to, to win prizes as a team and not on an individual base. But proud to be there, and I hope that I can continue that form this season with Arsenal and the national team. And obviously, the Euros coming up next summer as well. So I guess I just need to keep doing what I've been doing. I'm obsessed with Viviana Miedema. I just don't understand how somebody functions like that. Laura, in 110 games for Arsenal, she's had 100 goals. In her whole career, she's had 10 hat-tricks as well. There's something special about this player. Is she the GOAT? Well, she's on her way to becoming the GOAT, isn't she? I I don't think we need to put any names on her because I still think there's so much more that she can achieve and that she will achieve. So... I think maybe let's have this conversation in terms of goat, goat branding um, when when she's completed it all and, and eventually hung her boots up at forty five because that's when I want to stop watching her play. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Oh gosh, she's just so good. I spoke to her um, about a year ago now, and she said when she was playing because she's the highest scorer for the Netherlands ever, and when she overtook Robin van Persie's record, he reached out to her just to say, you know well done you know no one can do what what you have done and I think she'd set herself a target for country goals to be 50 and I think she completed that by the time she'd reached age 21 and had to up her target to 100 so she she really she really does know just how to score goals uh, and she's a, a sub- sublime talent to see here in the Women's Super League as well so good luck to all the nominees uh, for the Ballon d'Or but we'll wait and see who wins you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2 my name is Shabana Hare and I hope you're having a good one coming up next we're going to look ahead to this week's Champions League action and we're going to hear from Aston Villa goalkeeper Hannah Hampton Hope you're having a good Monday. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. My name's Shabana Hearn and this is the only national radio show dedicated to women's football. It is lovely to be with you alongside me. Former England defender Laura Bassett is here. Uh, and of course, last weekend was a fabulous week in the Women's Super League and we were spoiled because we had Champions League midweek as well. And that was all thanks to the broadcast from DAZN. Laura, did you manage to catch any of the games? Yeah, I watched uh, 
Barcelona Arsenal um, and then the second half of the Chelsea Wolfsburg game. So, and yeah, both were very, very entertaining and great to watch for many different for different reasons yeah yeah you were watching kind of the Arsenal Barcelona game like through your fingers like gosh no this is not the best team in the women's super league at the moment getting thumped again Uh, (laughs) like we saw from Chelsea just five months ago in the final Um, but it was some game and of course Chelsea Wolfsburg ending 3-3 thanks to Pernilla Harder just getting that equaliser in the final minutes which I think she had done for Wolfsburg against Chelsea a few years ago had got that final goal as well to to make it all square she's some player and it was just a brilliant spectacle and um, you know you might be wondering who's watching these games uh, who are they reaching Uh, viewing figures have come in for that 329,000 people watched that Barcelona-Arsenal game um, for English language coverage on DAZN. It was free to watch. It was a great game. Uh, There were streams in multiple languages as well. Additional documentary-style content. It was really, really good. And of course, Laura, DAZN has now been linked uh, to possibly purchase BT Sport and become the Netflix of sport. How phenomenal would that be if the likes of BT Sport Today being renamed then DAZN was showing football games like this. What would that mean to you? Well, I mean, first of all, well, that's breaking news. I didn't realise that. I hadn't read that anywhere. Mm. So that, that's inter- That's really interesting. But I think, you know, it just shows, you know, with figures like that, with it was just, you know, I spoke to my parents who were, you know, in their late 60s and mm. said, oh, Champions League women's football's on. Oh, where, what what sides it on? Have they got it? Or have they, you know, have they got, how can they pay for it or whatever? I was like, no, no, it's free. Free, <laughs> just log on. And even, and even what I'm saying is even they knew how to do that. And it was so accessible. Normally you have to go through hoops and jump and pay and this that and the other and it's only but it was just so easy and so comforting and just yeah simple and because if you make it easy and you spread the word that then the word then people will watch it and what a delight what what treats we were even the highlights to catch up because you can't watch them all at the same time the highlights and it's just been brilliant yeah it has it's been absolutely excellent and it's just lovely to see these figures and to see how the the women's game is growing Um, and this week coming up for the Champions League games the group stages continue it's Juventus against Chelsea that's 8 o'clock for you on Wednesday and also Arsenal will take on Hoffenheim at 8pm on Thursday uh, here in England so again those games will be broadcast on DAZN for you I hope you check them out it's going to be uh, quite a great week for football in the women's game and um, Laura you might be interested to know of the attendance at the Manchester Derby at least Sports Village on Saturday 3,987 people turned up to buy games for that uh, to buy tickets for that game and you said it felt like 8,000 people were there it was quite the atmosphere wasn't it? Yeah, it really was, especially the second half when things started to get edgy and the goals that started to come. It, it, it was, it was singing, it was entertainment, it was, yeah, just you could, you know, what people were thinking, they were saying when sometimes at a women's game, we don't do that. Yeah. Um, you know, what they were thinking, they, they couldn't hold their emotion in, it was just letting it out, which was great to see. Yeah, love it. And also there have uh, been some interesting developments uh, today from the championship attendances as well, uh, really getting behind their clubs there in the championship. A record attendance at Sheffield, 4,100 fans uh, turned up to Bramall Lane on Saturday and that follows a record numbers at Nottingham Forest last week as well so it seems like um, everyone's really getting on uh, the women's bandwagon at the moment as they should have done a long long time ago but we're here now it took some time here Laura do you ever feel a little bit like damn it I wish I wish this was five years ago or no 
Uh, maybe not five, maybe 15 years ago when I was in my 20s, not, not five years ago. Listen, I was knocking <laughs> no, a few years <laughs> off there, Laura. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, of, of course you of course you do. But also on the flip side of that, I'm so thankful now that there's so many opportunities mm. for retired players that maybe have, you know, and there was people, players before us, but, you know, there's a lot of retired players that are having jobs at clubs, coaching roles or media, or, or actually we've seen people on TV, on radio, you know, so there are opportunities for those retired players to still give back and be a part of the whole community and still trying to work really hard to push women's football even further. And like you say, to try and spread the word for those slow people that haven't quite caught on that it's actually really entertaining to watch and be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. It's football at the end of the day and that's what we love. It doesn't matter if it's men or women, but it's great to see the women uh, getting that platform they deserve now. Um, So one of the goalkeepers we've been talking about, who a lot of clubs were interested in this transfer window is Hannah Hampton. She's one of the most exciting young talents in the Women's Super League and TalkSport's Bradley Hayden caught up with her to chat about her interesting journey into the game and crossing the city-villa divide. Birmingham will always have a special place place in my heart as cheesy as it sounds really but I loved my time there the five years that I was there I mean it started my career and it kept me grounded especially with the things that we're getting now you appreciate it a lot more um and I just think that I was there for five years it was time for me to move on and as much as the fans think that I don't care about the club that's never been the case and I had to move for for my career and if I had the chance I would have stayed at Birmingham but I, I had to move. And I suppose one of the one of the other main factors in you going to Villa as well was linking up with, with Carla Ward again. I mean, what is she like as a manager and, and how good is she to work with? Ward is great. Um, she wants to get to know the person before the player. Um, and I think that's so good that you build that trusting relationship off the pitch that whenever you go on the field, whatever she says, her playing style the game plan you you buy into it and and ultimately it gets us the results that we need and the points that we we want to keep ourselves in the league and for those who maybe don't know so much about your career and how you've got to where you are today how, how did you kind of get into football when you were younger it's a bit of a weird one like I, I never thought I'd play football and then I was living in Spain at the time and I was just playing football on the playground and the school that I went to in Spain um in Villarreal the Villarreal first team players send their kids there so at the end of the day they're standing waiting to pick their kids up and they saw one of the players saw me saw me on the playground and told me that I had to go trial for the club so I did as thinking nothing of it going in my West Brom kit to a Villarreal trial and I got in so um, I'm actually grateful for the guy telling me to go trial but um, I've never seen him again so <laughs> if he is listening to this what would you say to him? Thanks. Huge <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned there being being over in Spain and being part of Villarreal's sort of youth setup at the time. I mean, what was that like for you, and how much has that sort of made you into the to the player that you are today? Oh, I loved my time in Spain at Villarreal. I think the Spanish philosophy of the passing has really helped because I'm. I love my distribution. That's like the main part of my game. I love getting on the ball. So I feel like that's helped massively being in Spain. I would do anything to go back there, to be fair. Not going to lie. And uh, as well as that, you were a striker as a youngster as well. So how did the sort of the process of moving all, about, all the way back to goalkeeper all come, come about? Just the classic, like the keeper gets injured in the warm-up and you volunteer to go in goal. 
So I volunteered at Stoke. And then I must have had a weldie because there was an England scout on the side and I got scouted for England after the game. So I ended up staying. But to be fair, the week after I was outfield again and an England scout said I should go out. So I just picked between the two and I thought the fact that I've been in goal for one game, I'll stay. So I did. And I understand as well that, you know, you're trying to hopefully maybe do a little bit work with with Birmingham Children's Hospital as well to speak to some of the, the children getting treatment down there and sort of really trying to raise their spirits in, in some way as well. Yeah, definitely. I think for me at the time, if the children's hospital didn't help me, I wouldn't be in the position where I am today. So I feel like if I can give something back to them, then that's a bonus. And as much as Villa is um, a partner with with Birmingham Children's Hospital, I think doing it personally, it's it's nice for me to support them and help with their funding. How, how did they help you when, when you were younger then? I was born with a squint like cross-eyed kind of thing and with no depth perception so I can't really judge distances and I had so many operations with them when I was younger that if I didn't have that then I wouldn't be able to do a lot being older so um, my parents made the decision to go through with all the operations and obviously it's worked out for the better with me but I know what it's been what it's like growing up with a disability as such um, and especially in the society, how it's not nice being a kid with with a problem like that. So if I can do anything to help them out in any way, then it's a bonus for me and it's a way of me giving back as much as I can. Love it. That was Talk Sports Bradley Hayden talking to Aston Villa goalkeeper Hannah Hampton. So young and still so talented. And I've actually seen two of the Aston Villa games. Laura Bassett with me this evening, former England defender. I've seen two of the games so far, Laura, uh, in the flesh. And Hannah Hampton just does some wonder saves. She's a really special talent and to have here in the Women's Super League. Not only does she give her saves, but it's a distribution with her feet. Yeah. I think that Aston Villa, you know, she's such a foundation that they can build and they can play out from the back because she's so composed. They can go longer because she has the distance. She's probably got the, the you know, the, the furthest kick yeah. from a female keeper in the league. So she's so talented like that and she's so confident. But with that, she is only young. She's going to make mistakes. She's going to make poor decisions. So we have to give her time to grow. And I feel like she's at a, the right club to do that. She's going to play week in, week out. Yeah. Um, and, and she's going to, be she has a lot of responsibility on her shoulders but has a manager that will understand that she is only young and she's going to make mistakes because Carla Ward was a player herself so you know that understanding and growth will be there I'm, I'm shocked that she's um, not involved with England more even if she's not going to play but being part of the environment the culture and, and just let's give our young keepers as much experience because we're in the women's game in England we always have a, a problem who's you know who's in the best form who Ellie Roebuck's been injured for a while and um, you know, so we always have this dilemma. It's always a talking point. So why not give our young keepers as much exposure as possible? Mm, yeah, and we can nurture it as well. If you're in that environment, you know, maybe there's something that we, you know, we don't see with Hannah behind the scenes. You know, she she could need that nurturing. She could need taking in under the wing, and it feels like Carla Ward is doing that with her at Aston Villa as well. So good luck to Hannah Hampton. Like you say, Laura, she's got some strike on it. I think she was a striker when she was younger as well. So <laughs> <laughs> really, really good to hear from Hannah Hampton there. Thank Thank you so much to Talksports Bradley Hayden uh, for speaking to her as well. Uh, and that's all from us this evening. Thank you so much, Laura Bassett, uh, for joining us. I hope you have a lovely week. 
Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. And it's now where we've got cup games this week, Conta Cup games this week, and then it's the international break as well. So, Laura, we look forward to speaking to you after that. Producer Flo, thank you so much as ever. You put together the best show ever and the easiest person maybe to work with ever in my life. Shall I say that? Is that, is that fair? Too kind. Too kind. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Hannah Hampton and good to hear from Viviana Midama as well. Thank you so much to you, for, uh, as always, for listening to the show as well. And don't forget, if you miss any of it, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast podcast via the TalkSport app and you can hear it all there. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.